Thank you for listening to the Trinity Baptist Church podcast from Asheville, North Carolina. For more information on Trinity Baptist Church, please visit tbcashville.org. Or to learn more about our senior pastor, Dr. Ralph Sexton, please visit ralphsextonministries.com. The speaker for today is our senior pastor, Dr. Ralph Sexton. Several of you asked me Sunday, Sunday night, and then we had several phone calls Monday and Tuesday about what all's going on in the world and the prophecy and the Bible. I, I guess the reason we're all so excited, we've never seen so much prophecy coming at one time. It's just like a floodgate has opened. And um, go back to where we were the other night. Uh, I'm going to uh, share something with you. I believe we were in Ezekiel, yes, Ezekiel 38. Ezekiel 38 and verse 1. And, uh, you know, two weeks ago, China, kings of the east, Russia, bear of the north, all made an alliance with Iran, Persia. That's prior to them shooting down the Ukrainian passenger plane. There's, you know, there's been a lot of negative for them in their world they're not used to having because even their own people have been saying how wrong that was. And, you know, for years they've had the American flag painted on the streets and they're at the university and the Israeli flag and every day they celebrated people walking on it and being against Satan, USA, little Satan, Israel. And now we're seeing uh, pictures that have been smuggled out of uh, Iran of the people, the everyday people walking around them. And if somebody walks on them, I think I saw one yesterday on somebody's Instagram, I believe it was, and the crowd was going, shame, shame, shame for them walking on the American flag. Okay, so go to verse uh, 1, chapter 38. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. That's Russia, okay. And say... Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and of Tubal. And I will turn thee back and put hooks unto thy jaws. And I will bring thee forth and all thine army and horses and horsemen of all them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with buckler and shields, all of them handling swords. Uh, Monday, the Israelis sold a new spike missile, S-P-I-K-E. Ben, if I'm not mistaken, it's shoulder hell. It's anti-tank weapon, and it is very, very efficient, and America purchased it from Israel. And so we also know that the uh, statement we got uh, last week from the conservative Jews at Safed who do the, uh, what they call the study of letters and numbers uh, with the Hebrew language. 
gematria, uh, the word they use are gematria. It means every Hebrew letter has a number. And they took the word uh, magog and it had a numerical value of 52, 52. And so when the threat was made by Persia, our United States president responded that we had 52 sites in Iran targeted. And the, the Jewish community responded quickly that that was a Magog number. And then the second news story that broke that week was that we had uh, launched six of our super bombers from down at Barksdale, Louisiana Air Force Base to uh, Dago Garcia, which is about 2,300 miles off the Iranian coast. But those super bombers uh, can travel 8,800 miles, fully loaded, fully staffed. So they were staging them. And those bombers are known as B-52s, the number 52 again, the beginning of Magog. So the Jewish side, this isn't coming from Baptists or Presbyterian or prophecy teachers in the United States. It's all coming from Israel. Remember a few weeks ago I told you the more I research what all is happening, what's going on, I'm sort of leaning to this uh, observation that maybe God in uh, Revelation 17, verse 17, where he's preparing the things for the end time and the coming of the Antichrist, maybe it could be that President Trump was put in position more for the nation of Israel than for the United States because of what's happened and then what happens if somebody honors Israel like he's doing well that would be uh, Genesis chapter 12 verse number 3 I will bless them that what? bless thee so we're getting the afterglow or the blessing of that relationship and then we also know that uh, there was a request made for the uh, new uh, F-35 uh, fighter planes, which is state-of-the-art. And uh, some of you military people will have to help me, but I know that it is a very expensive plane because the electronics are involved. And so Israel placed an order for them, 52 F-35s. So, so it's been an interesting week just to see all of the things that are happening and coming back, okay? Verse number five, Persia, that's Iran. Ethiopia, that's ISIS operations now going on in Africa. And Libya, that's the headquarters of uh, ISIS now in the world. And you've got two forces opposing each other. Interestingly enough, it's Turkey and Russia, both with troops on the ground in Libya. So that's why your Bible is so important. With them, then it says, all of them with shield and helmet. Then look at verse 6, Gomer, Gomer. Just a few years ago, we had two Gomers. But now we have one Gomer. East Germany, West Germany, we're united. And that's in your lifetime, okay? And all his bands, and the house of Togomar. And that's Turkey. And I just wanted to mention 
how Turkey has risen prominently in the news. It's in the focal point. Second largest army in NATO belongs to Turkey. Isn't that amazing? Think how up-to-date your book is. 3,000-year-old text, I'm reading you, and it's like I'm reading the morning paper. Isn't that, does that fascinate you? That blesses me to no end, just to see it all happening. Well, one of the things that's in the Word of God uh, has to do with this element of Matthew 24, verse number 8, all these are the beginning of sorrows. You don't get to the end result unless you start a journey. So if I back up here to uh, this plant and I'm going to walk to the speaker, this is my beginning and that's my ending. And prophetically, I can't have the end unless I fulfill the scripture what Jesus said in Matthew 24, because he's the one teaching in that 24th chapter, the beginning. So I have to have a starting point. I have to have an ending point, okay? Now, my personal research working, because this, this date right here, no man knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows that. Not even the angels in heaven. God hid that. He said, no man knows the day or the hour of the coming of the Lord. So we don't know when. He did say we could determine that the age was approaching. It's sort of like an apple ripening on a tree. Well, uh, if you know that it's just a flower or it's just a bud, well, you're not there to the end. But if the apple has grown all summer and it's now the fall of the year, and it's beginning to turn red and ripen, then you're getting closer to the day it will fall and be edible fruit. Well, I believe prophecy, from what we can work backwards, the beginning of that end, that Matthew 24 verse, was the year 1948, because that was the birth year of all your major things, like the World Bank, United Nations. That was the birth of North Korea, South Korea. That was the birth time... Uh, that 47-48 period, Pakistan comes out of India, all these birth of nations, 48. Technology exploded in 48. We had television. We only had a few hundred televisions during the war, and they were mostly in universities and military bases. But when we come out of that in 48, there's a million TVs put in service across America. We launched our first television satellite, and that's how we communicate to re-educate is through the power of television. Uh, we started killing babies in 1948. Planned Parenthood started in 48. Fascinating study. Hologram was invented in 1948. So I'm stacking all this stuff up. So my personal study, and then to add to that, May 14, 1948, of all things, the birth of Israel. So now it's it's piling in here all the things. So then we start this journey. We're walking. We're headed. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do know the day is approaching. And what does the Word of God teach? As you see the day approaching, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. He said it's going to be so dark, so confusing spiritually that you should attend church more, not less. Okay? Does that make sense? So we're, we're in this. 
Well, one of the prophecies that's in the Word of God is that during the, the coming of the Lord, that when He steps upon the Mount of Olives, that the Mount of Olives is going to actually split apart. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come in two. And out of there will come a great river, and it will flow from Jerusalem down the Wadi, uh, Wadi Kep, Wadi Qumran, all those valleys, and it will flow into the Dead Sea. It will heal the Dead Sea. And then the Word of God says that they will actually have the same kind of fish in the Dead Sea where nothing can live today as in the Mediterranean. They will fish there again. And the Bible prophesies at the same cave where David and Saul encountered each other and Getty. That's called the, the uh, cove or the cave of the goats. He said the fishermen will dry their nets there. So those are two big prophecies. Now, what did I just say? All these prophetic events that are happening, that are taking place, you got to start them before you get there. And I want to show you three of them. Let me just, let me just put three of them together for you. Uh, this is the process that's beginning in the Holy Land, and it's making all kinds of news over there. You may not be getting it here, but the prophecy of the desert blooming as a rose, you got to have water. you got to have water. Uh, did anybody uh, here tonight go with the Holy Land last year? Okay, let me help you with something. The Sea of Galilee's gone up 36 inches in three weeks, went up nine inches in 24 hours. A whole sea has added nine inches of water in 24 hours. So we've got a, a, a double thing happening. We've got the desert blooming as a rose, and then we've got the practice run, I love this, of the flood water from Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea. I want you to look at this video. I think you'll enjoy this. Bring the house down. That's good. Look coming off the side of the mountain. A lot of you have been there with me. That's a Wadi Kelp. Take coming off the top of the mountain. An unusual sight here at the caves of Qumran, a flash flood, which is a very, very rare event in this area of the Judean mountains. Now remember, it's not raining here. We're at the Dead Sea. There's no clouds. Look up the sky. But what you're seeing is what happened in Jerusalem is now coming down the wadi and it's coming down at the, this one's emptying out here at Qumran where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, okay? And that water just continues to uh, grow and you can see when he zooms the camera in, you can see the intensity and the magnitude of the water. Now, if you're standing, with, if you're standing there watching the water come off and you look to the left, a and very rare you'll begin event. to see all the caves, Cave 4, Indeed. where they found the Dead Sea I've been here 16 years, and this is my first time seeing it. <laughs> really? I'm that serious. Right. I'm here with a guide who's leading a group from India, 
And he said he's been here many, many times for 16 years. That's why my and this first is time. the first time. Hey, always, always There's a Jewish man like talking. He's saying 60 years. Right. Wow. Living now I can really see, see how they did it. It's like a miracle. Now it's coming on down lower. And you can see. And this is what they're all fascinated with. As you can see, how, look how barren it is. I mean, there's no grass. It's a desert. But for there to be life, you've got to have water in the desert. Winston, does this particular clip, does it show when it gets down to the caves? Go, should I go to the next one? All right. Uh, in the back, take me to the next one where the water now gets down to road level uh, and you can see how it begins to jump across the ravines and the water. Now look at this. Here comes the water off the mountain. Now look. to imagine all that energy in it and the tons and tons of water. Remember, it's not raining here. There's no clouds here, but it's coming from Jerusalem. Now, if you've been with me and we leave Qumran and we leave Angedi and we start traveling up, look at this next one because this is the last little dip in the road right before we get up to Jericho. Look coming down through the water. I could go on and show you another half hour. I just wanted to, to whet your appetite, get you excited, because you're alive, you're seeing all these things, and all that since Sunday. What about that? So, this is an amazing time to be a Bible believer and a student of the Word. Uh, let me give you something very quickly before we go home out of Acts 17. I don't want to lose our Bible study and Acts 17 and... Uh, listened to uh, this verse of scripture. We had Mr. Scorby read 1 through 10 the last time, uh, but when we come down to verse 5, the Jews which believed not, this is Acts 17, verse 5, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, 
and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These are they that have turned the world upside down. I want to be in that crowd, don't you? I want to be in that crowd turns the world upside down. Whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city, and they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and the others, they let them go. And then verse 10, Paul and Silas, knowing their lives are threatened, uh, Jason and the other friends, they uh, get them out by the cover of night. Now, when you go through this passage, we did a review uh, last week, and we talked about all the cities being 35 miles apart, 30 miles apart. And so in verse 1 of Acts 17, you're covering almost 100 miles. But then when we get here at the fifth verse, it says, Jews that believed not, and they were moved with envy, and they took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Now remember, the devil's always going to try somebody to do his dirty work. If you work on a public job, if you're in an office, if you're in a machine shop, if you are in the military, I promise you, if you're in the university or the high school, there's going to be somebody in every grade, in every job, in every position, there's going to be one leader for the devil on every shift. There's going to be somebody that loves the devil. And he's going to be an agitator or her. Huh? I've seen some women, I didn't use the word ladies, uh, that do not love the Lord, and they can be used to create problems in the lives of people. Well, he's saying at this particular location that we're here in Thessalonica, there's, there's a, a group like that. And then it says, it took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. Now, in the Greek New Testament, that is an interesting phrase, that lewd fellows. And I'm going to read it to you out of the Greek New Testament. It says, having taken certain wicked men of those who are about the forum or the marketplace. The, the Greek New Testament says not only were they lewd, which means debase, or they were not uh, honorable, but the intensity of another verb that goes, uh, adjective that goes there is that they were wicked men, meaning they were not only uh, ugly and debased, but they had uh, a fallen nature of the ultimate source, and they were wicked in their heart. Now, notice what they've done. There's a place of assembly for the idol, and then uh, why does it use this phrase? It says, uh, it said they come into the city, uh, and the certain brethren that these have turned the world upside down are come hither. And when Jason had received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Okay? What he's talking about is that they are not only wicked men, but they're an assembly there of idle men. And some, sometimes it's referring to like a marketplace. If people want day work, it was 2,000 years ago like it is now. Certain people gather at certain places for day work, for laborers. You go pick them up, I need five guys to help me clean the field off. 
and the, you pick them up and put them to work. And it says, but the majority of this group standing idle. And when you go through that and assimilate the study and put it all together, that standing idle means that these men were men that were critical, they were finding fault, they were non-productive, they were discord sowers, and they were in the marketplace. In other words, they were always complaining about how everybody did their job, but they didn't have a job. <laughs> they were always finding fault with everything that everybody else did, but they never did anything. And uh, so uh, my granddaddy used to say people like that wouldn't work in a pie factory. So, but that's exactly what they're uh, up against. Now, uh, while you're there, hold your finger there, turn over with me to the book of Matthew. This uh, marketplace is what I'm playing off of, those that are assembled there. Go to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew 20 in your notes. Write that down, and uh, we're going to talk about Jesus. For the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers. You catch that? Day laborers. He went out in the morning to hire for his vineyard. And when he agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And then verse 3, and he went out about the third hour, and he saw others, what were they doing? Standing idle in the marketplace. He had offered work for many. Not all took it. Some were standing idle in the marketplace. And when you come to Acts 17, Paul and Silas are in this town, Thessalonica. They're preaching, and there's that group in the marketplace, critical, finding fault, and they're... Uh, going to be spending their time and energy going around sowing discord. Now, this place of assembly for the idol, and when we see it, they were standing there in the marketplace, and you begin to see what was taking place in their lives. This idol word that's in here, in that standing idol in the marketplace, it also means a loss of character. It means worthless. It means living, listen to this phrase, living on the work of others. Ladies and gentlemen, in a local New Testament church, we don't want to live off the prayers of others. We don't want to live off the sacrifice of others. We don't want to live off the giving of others. What God's encouraging us to do is that we'll be prayer warriors, that we're a family, we're a team together, and Jesus was illustrating here in Matthew and also in Acts 17 that the, the problems come when you're not involved in doing. You say, well, I'm handicapped. I'm not talking about you have to drive a church bus route. I'm not talking about you have to be in the nursing home every week, but I do say you have to be in the prayer closet every day. You follow me? That, that's something we can all do. We can all pray together. We can all work together. Uh, now, it says worthless are living off the works of others. And then one of the sub-phrases in that Greek study, it talks about this. The perfect element for mob rule. For a mob. And so I got to playing with that. Do you remember in the old Western movies uh, when they would 
uh, go and uh, they wanted to bypass justice and they wanted to not have a trial. They just wanted to hang them. Whether they're guilty or not guilty, let's hang them. Something to do in the afternoon, we're all bored, you know. And where did they go to get their jewelry pulled to hang them? Does anybody remember? They went to the saloon. <laughs> they, everybody was hanging around the marketplace. They were hanging around in town. They weren't out on the chasing cattle. They weren't stringing fence. They were all idle in the city, hanging around. And the, if you need a mob, that's where you always went. It's the middle of the day. It's idle. It's no good. And these men that we read about here in Acts, you know what? It says that according to this passage of Scripture in Acts 17, it's saying that in verse 7, whom Jason hath received, these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. So he said, not only was there a mob, and when you have a mob, a mob doesn't have a dog in the hunt. They don't care. Somebody's going to come along and tell them something, and they're not going to check it out. They're not going to research it. They're just going to go with the mob. And they have, uh, like other mobs, you've got followers and usually one leader. What did I just say a minute ago? In every class, every school, every job, there's going to be a leader. And if you're not careful, you'll be at lunch break, and the leader uh, of your shift, he'll be down there making fun of anybody that goes to church, or he'll be laughing about or telling a dirty joke just to see if it'll embarrass you. Do you understand? There's a mob, a mob mentality that goes with that. And the mob is easily excited. And then back in this time, at 2,000 years ago, they were urged to acts of violence. And, but when I read verse 7, it says, Contrary to the decree of Caesar, the house of Jason. Jason. And what is that talking about? That's talking about at that particular moment, these men broke the Roman law. They were now criminals, and they, when they arrested, they found out Paul and Silas, and what was Paul's big defense all the time? He was a Roman what? He's a Roman citizen. And so when he's at Caesarea by the sea, that's how he got away from being handled. He was taken as a Roman citizen. Now, who is Jason? The best research I can come up with is Jason is a relative of Silas. Somehow his family was related to Jason. So that's why they were staying at Jason's house. And Jason may have been a Roman citizen, just like Paul. So when the mob turned on them, they said, boys, y'all messed up. These guys are Roman citizens. But anyway, they had enough clout, they turned them loose. See verse 9? They let them go. So when you're connecting these storylines, you've got to play with the culture, you've got to play with the context, and then you've got to also play with the Greek language of 2,000 years ago that had double meanings or many meanings for one word. So we see that, okay? Now, while you are there, it says uh, they troubled the people in verse 7. And how did they trouble the people? they said there's another king. And were the apostles saying there was a, another temporal king? Was that what they were talking about? No, that's not what they were talking about. They were talking about spiritually, King Jesus. 
Uh, there's a president over the United States, but I bow down to King Jesus before I bow to the president, and so do you. What we're saying is that our lives are given over to the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Let me give you one more illustration. I know we've got to hurry. Go to Luke 23. Luke 23. And we'll tie these two passages together. Luke 23, verse 1. And the whole multitude of them arose and led him unto Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow, oh, here it comes, perverting the nation and forbidding to give tribute to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And you can go from that all the way to Acts 17, verses 6 and 7, and that's where all that comes from. Let me close with this. Go to verse 10. Verse 10. Immediately they sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, unto the synagogue of the Jews. Remember, as the churches are being established, there's no place to go with the message of the Messiah but to the synagogue. Okay? Now, the reason they left Thessalonica is because they had preached the word and they had established a church and it would not be used in the synagogue. You follow me? Okay? So when they go to Berea, you've got the same process going on. They've got to go to the Jews that believe in Jehovah God and they believe that God's going to send a Redeemer, a Messiah, and they say, He's come. We've seen him. He's alive. He is Yeshua, Jesus. So that's what they are doing here. They go to the synagogue of the Jews, and this did not happen. God did not allow it to happen until the church and the gospel had been established in Thessalonica and the foundation for the church. Now, next time we get together in Acts 17, we're going to pick up this second missionary journey. Make sure you bring your map so you can keep this in your brain. We've left Thessalonica. We're now going into Berea. And Berea is a beautiful, beautiful city in Macedonia. Uh, it's on the eastern slope of the Olympian Mountains. And it is well known uh, because it is uh, overlooking the beautiful plain there. And it's a well-watered area of the world. And uh, it sees the two great rivers there in the valley. And it's a most, according to all the old historians, they use this word, it's a most agreeable town. And it meant that it was a lot of gardens, a lot of beautiful shade trees, and there were many, many creeks or streams all over those hillsides. And in the middle of that, they built this city of Berea, and, uh, which is here in uh, European Turkey, and what they call Berea, it got its name for, from an abundance of water. And now we're going to go into Berea with Paul and Silas, and uh, we're going to see them work to establish a work there. Remember, they went to the synagogue. We'll pick it up there our next time together. I took a few minutes to go with prophecy. I had so many of you texting me uh, stories and things, uh, and so I wanted to get you that. All, all that's happened since Sunday. I couldn't help but get excited about we're on that journey. We're headed to the coming of the Lord. Amen. Father, bless your word. Bless the reading of your word. Bless this church family. 
do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Draw us closer to you through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you for being with us today. I pray that today God spoke to your heart. You know, it's one thing to hear Ralph talk. It's one thing to hear a choir sing. It's one thing to hear a group bring a special song presentation. But it's altogether different when you're sitting there in that hotel room, in your house, maybe listening on your phone while you're at work, and God speaks to your heart. That's not me. That's not a Baptist or Methodist or Presbyterian church. That's God. That's personal. That's you. And the Bible teaches quite clearly that when God touches your heart, when He speaks to you, that you can call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This Bible teaches that all of us have to have Him. You say, well, Brother Ralph, your dad was a preacher. My dad being a preacher couldn't help me. Well, you say your mama taught Sunday school and she prayed. That couldn't help me. The Bible says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, not me, not the Baptist, the Bible says that there's none righteous, though not one. Today is the day of salvation. You can begin anew. It can start over. The past can be covered by the blood. You can get out of living in your rearview mirror, the guilt, the problems. God can forgive you and you can start over today. You say, Brother Ralph, how's that possible? Well, a simple prayer is that very beginning. God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. And I promise you, God, from this day forward, I'll serve you with the rest of my life. You can begin again in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to read your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, you call us, you write to us. We'll send you a copy of the Word of God. And I want to encourage you to get into a local church, a church in your community, that you can have a fellowship of faith that will help you grow and teach you about the Word of God. Today's the day of salvation. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Let's serve the Lord together and let's meet each other in heaven. I'll be praying for you and I ask you to pray for me.